How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. The Lakers are on a winning streak. I just got back. I actually went streaking to, to, to match them. Uh, fortunately, the, the police did not catch me. I ran pretty quickly. Uh, you actually run faster when you don't have shoes on, turns out. Uh, I'm joined by Harrison Fagan, who did not go streaking because he glows in the dark, and that's not safe for anybody. So how are you doing, Harrison? Like What? <laughs> You just, I don't even know, man. Like I, I really, that your, your whole intro totally caught me off guard. So I don't want to kill all the momentum, but the La- the Lakers have won three games in a row. And I honestly don't know, like this isn't a video podcast anymore, but I don't know what to do with my hands. Like I don't, this is, this is just weird. I don't know. I don't know what this means. They're, they're four and three right now. Like what is going on? This was not supposed to happen. Even weirder <clears throat> before we get going. I just want to remind people you can follow our show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Make sure you're using the promo code LOLakers on SeatGeek to get $20 off of your first purchase. Back to the show, though. I Not only is it weird that the Lakers are good, you know, they're, they're playing good basketball and, and they're on this three-game winning streak, but even weirder is how NBA Twitter has kind of taken in this team like some you know, orphaned puppy. Like, yeah, it's it's weird to me how much how much Twitter seems to like this team. They're like, hey, that that bald guy with the crossed arms keeps kicking that dog. Like, we he looks really sad about it. We need to come and like give him a couple little pats. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, it, it totally. I I totally see what you're talking about. They're just they're so much more likable now. Yeah, they're just a likable, fun team, and I think that that's all. Uh, I mean, no, all the numbers and everything, all the analysis that we're going to get into aside, that's been probably the most fun part of this year is that they just have a bunch of guys that are fun to watch play. It's fun to watch them react to each other. And they seem to get that I can speak from experience of just like being around them a little bit on Friday. They just seem to get along really well and they seem to have great chemistry. Absolutely. And and it's it's the brand of basketball they're playing. It's. You know the, the the up and down, the spread out, the the type of defense they're playing, like the defense that they're playing. Luke Walton said it tonight, but he takes as much you know he takes as much enjoyment out of stops, out of as as any part of the game, right? And 
they're getting big ones. They're, 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 they're making big defensive plays. Nick Young is somehow making big defensive plays. Uh, also, I, and I'm paraphrasing because I, I was, we were getting ready for the, sh- for the show while uh, Luke was talking. But Luke said that, you know, he assigned Nick Young to guarding Devin Booker. And that Jordan Clarkson was pissed because he wanted to, t- to, to guard Booker. And that D'Angelo Russell was also pissed because he also wanted to guard Devin Booker. Do the Lakers have a chemistry problem? Let's get into it. <laughs> my, co- <laughs> my column. But, but yeah, it's, it's a completely different, you know, feel, vibe around this team. Whereas, you know, last year, if Devin Booker, who scored, he played a great game tonight, Devin Booker did. He finished Yeah, with, Tyson, Tyson Chandler needs to take him for ice cream on the way to the team plane or something. <laughs> like, he, just, like, like get, get, that, get that kid an ice cream and explain to him that it's not his fault they lost. He, yeah, he, he, he scored... 39 points on 29 sh- shots. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. And he's young as heck, too. He's Watch out for Devin Booker. He's he's the NBA's kind of next big thing after I yeah, say I didn't, Towns. Yeah, I didn't look this up, but he's, I believe, 13. <laughs> I, Is that right? It seems old, to be honest. Yeah, that might be a little high. Okay, we'll, we'll check the numbers on that later, mm-hmm. but... But yeah, so like, so the Lakers. Getting back to the Lakers, if we if the, if the Lakers are in that kind of situation where they're getting lit up, I don't think there's a line lining up to talk to their former coach saying, "I gotta guard that guy." You know, I don't think I don't think that's going on. Or if they did, it was a kind of like, "Yeah, sure, I'll help you move." Kind of vibe, <laughs> you know, the 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 kind of yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I'll take him, but. Yeah, and like this isn't even to crap on the last staff. It's just that this is the way that you know, that you can compare kind of how the two seasons have been. It's just that there's a stark difference in the amount of buy-in that guys have for this for this staff, and the amount of how much like, like Lou Williams was saying after the game that uh, Luke Walton he has a way of making you feel like he's your teammate, and you want to run through a wall for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And he and and then you know further stuff that that happened after the game tonight. And I promise everybody we didn't have or I went live on Facebook after the Lakers somehow beat the Warriors. But we're going to talk about that game here in a second. But I did want to talk about the stuff that happened tonight. Luke goes out of his way to praise the Lakers' maturity. That you know for for you know, for all the questions that we have or that people have about D'Angelo Russell's maturity, a lot of that comes from the fact that last year's coach was crapping on him at every possible turn. And just watch, just watch how this is going to go as they play more national games, as they, as Luke Walton is out there in front of the press saying the kind of stuff that he's saying tonight. As Nick Young accumulates defensive player of the year awards. (laughs) As as all this stuff goes on, you're going to start seeing these, you know, think pieces of, hey, what's what's going on with with D'Angelo Russell? What's what's that? What started this these huge strides forward? And and really, it was, and I think you're going to touch on this a little bit later in the show. But really, it was getting rid of a couple. A couple there was some. Of uh, there were, There's been some addition by subtraction, and there's been. But a lot of growth from this team and there's just a more positive environment and they're just schematically and like they're just playing a more effective style. They aren't isolating all the time. They're getting a ton of open shots earlier in the year. They were missing the most open shots in the league. That's turned around a little bit, which is kind of what you'd expect. But they're generating a pretty decent amount of them. And 
you know, they're hitting them. And I don't know. It's ma- it's making me you ask the question when you were doing your podcast with Pete last Friday for our Friday episode. How good can this team be? It really is time to reevaluate that. Right. And again, it's it's back then it was early. The Lakers have since beat the Warriors and beaten the, the Suns. Uh, the Suns aren't as, as big a win, obviously, as the Warriors won. But, yeah, I mean, at what point do you start saying to yourself, hey, this team might really be, you know, not, not for real. I'm not, I'm not really willing to go out on the line and start talking about playoffs. But, like, I put it playoffs? this Yeah, <laughs> playoffs. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to go that far with, with, you know, this team quite yet. But I do think it's safe to say that they're going to be in the playoff picture as the year goes along. I'm... I don't want to be the wet blanket. I don't know that I'm quite there yet, but the fact that there's even a debate over it well, is I think, insane. Like, imagine if someone had told you that they were going to start the season like this. They were they were going to beat the Warriors in their first game against the Warriors after Draymond Green texted Luke Walton that he was uh, he couldn't sl- get his pregame nap in because he was so excited for what he was going to do to the Lakers. And they go out and spank the Warriors. They beat the Hawks last Wednesday. We talked about that. That was like at the time we were like, that's a nice win. You know, the Hawks are all right. And then you know they beat the Warriors, and it's it's holy crap and then they follow it up with a win against the suns who again they aren't a good team but that's a three-game win streak i think right now the lakers are four and three last year i think they started like four and 23 i saw someone say and they're four and three with dallas to come dallas has been awful this year sacramento to come there you never know when boogie might try to fight somebody on that roster new orleans uh they haven't been very good either this year Minnesota hasn't lived up to expectations. Brooklyn, especially if they're playing without Jeremy Lin, that's a I will be game. there for the I I will be there for the Brooklyn game and I I'm picking the Lakers. Brooklyn is bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's safe to say. Uh but especially if Lin isn't in the house. Like if he if he isn't playing I, then they I think that's the day he's supposed to come back. Yeah. Last I checked. But yeah, I mean if he's not playing then Jeez, right. That's so, a that's a rough roster. You're looking at one, two, three, four, five winnable games before they play against San Antonio on November 18th. But yeah, before they lose to San Antonio on November 18th. Hey, man, they beat the Warriors. Anything is possible. I don't know. The Lakers never beat these Spurs though. Since they've been bad, they've never beaten this Spurs team. Like they always get crushed. Yeah, but the Lakers aren't bad. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, I just mean over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, sure. okay, so they're going to be Anthony. You heard it here first. They're beating the Spurs <laughs> on November eighteenth. Anthony Irwin must must hat tip him if the Lakers beat the Spurs and you report it. I will report. I'm not going to report that, but I will report this. I think Twitter's down. Oh, is that why my computer's struggling while we're recording this? Okay. Well, the Lakers tra- crashed Twitter again, so. <laughs> Like my 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 tweet deck just won't come up, and Twitter itself isn't loading on my computer. So, well, that's the, fun. so yeah, the Lakers' young core burned Twitter down <laughs> because they are so good and they were so on fire. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just this is a crazy team. I'm just taken aback by how good they've been. It, it's it's honestly been shocking. Now, you did find one really interesting statistic uh, that kind of spurred the, this team to the victories that they've had regarding a certain Lakers center and and where he tends to Yeah, get so it. We, yeah, we well on this on Locked on Lakers we like to look up the advanced stats for you guys 
And the Lakers are now 3-0 and since teams started hitting Mozgov in the face. <laughs> and so, I mean, is it is it too early to say that the Lakers can't lose, like that they can't lose when Timofey Mozgov gets hit in the face? I pro- Probably, but so far, I mean, math doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie. He got hit in the face against Indiana. They beat Atlanta. He, he They beat the Warriors. And then he gets hit in the face by Lou Williams behind the back pass tonight. It spurs them on to victory over the Suns. Uh, Mozgov, I'm sorry, but uh, maybe that's why they paid him so much money. They're like, hey, you're going to take some punishment this year, but when we need a win, we're going to have to hit you in the face. I'm sorry, Timo. That's just how it's going to be. He's and, Scott Sterling. <laughs> yeah, he's the Scott Sterling of the Lakers. They're going like, yeah, we're going to get the Spanish broadcast seems to be incredibly creative with kind of their calls. So they've been doing kind of rocky calls for Mozgov <laughs> and they've been comparing him to I'm totally blanking on the villain's name right now. Uh, the, the Russian villain in Rocky. Oh, Drago. Yeah, yeah. So they've been comparing him to that. They've been using lines for that for Mozgov highlights, but they're going to have to start. They're going to have to work on their British accent. And hey, Lakers, I'm available to come in and call your games, not in Spanish, but I can just do this one part. And so if Mozgov makes a nice play, it's like, it's Scott Sterling with the tip in. <laughs> he's, he's sparing his Lakers to victory with his face. Oh, my God. Can you believe what's happening? <laughs> So yeah, we're, I think I think it's fair to say that in the next couple games we're going to see the Lakers. They lost Larry Nance Jr. with the concussion tonight. He's going to be out Tuesday. I I think we may see Luke Walton have Zubots come in there just to kind of raise Mozgov up to use his face to tip balls in <laughs> near the rim, and that's how the Lakers are going to run their offense on Tuesday. I mean, it's just we're going to throw it out there. He's played some weirdo lineup so far. Maybe that's the next move. Another thing they could do is like at home games or whenever they're getting they're introducing the starting five, just have Mozgov get called first and have the other four players have basketballs in their hands. And as they're getting introduced, throw the basketball at Timothy Mozgov's face just just to get get him ready for the game. Yeah, again, Timo, I- I'm sorry about your face, but it's just sometimes you have to make sacrifices to win. Yeah, it, look, sixty four million dollars isn't that much of a sacrifice. All yeah. right. I mean, hey, I'll I will freely let anyone come and punch me in the face three days a week for sixteen million a year. <laughs> Dang it! I don't have sixteen million a year. Yeah, I, I do it for one million. I'm I'm a bargain. You you should not be an agent. Do not be your own agent. You just <laughs> negotiated yourself down from sixteen to one million dollars. Uh, what can I say? I'm a blogger. That's kind of <laughs> that's my predisposition is to negotiate against myself and do more work than uh, than my paycheck. All right. Well, let's get back to uh, actually talking about the Lakers beyond Timothy Mozgov's proclivity for getting hit in the uh, the facial region. Yeah. Again, Timo, get well soon. Stop getting hit in the face, man. It's OK. Like, or, or don't, you know, get well soon, well, but don't stop getting hit in the face. OK, that's fair. Yeah. Uh what for me it's the 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 one thing that's really stuck out to me when the lakers right basically throughout this year what's really stuck out to me is the balance that they're playing with right and we've they're seen actually to that end no player is averaging more than 30 minutes a game randall leads the team with 27.8 but there are three guys at 27 Nick Young's at 26, and then there's Lou Altang, 24, Lou Williams, 23, Mozgov, 20. So it's like everybody's getting – the minutes distribution is incredibly even. 
Right. And so we were, you know, the, the, we've, I've kind of marveled at this balance that the Lakers have played with. And you look at the teams that they've played this year. They've played the Oklahoma City Russell Westbrooks. They've played the Houston James Hardens. And tonight they played the Phoenix Devin Bookers, right? And this feels more sustainable than the success that those teams that, that, that so heavily rely on one guy. Right, like even tonight, Devin Booker isn't going to play many games better than the one he played tonight. Thirty-nine nope. points, seven assists, three rebounds. Right, uh, on again twenty-nine shots, ten of ten from the free throw line. That's that's about as good as you're going to get from Devin Booker this season. And yet, yeah, I mean he that he's he's going to get a couple GMs fired <laughs> yeah. for not taking him. Yeah, like, yeah, I would I would agree. Interestingly enough, he went at number 13 in that draft, which was where Kobe was drafted. So you tell me if there's a coincidence. Well, Kobe better, but we'll see going down the road. <laughs> uh, but tonight you look at you look at the so tonight you look at Devin Booker has 39. TJ Warren, who also had a nice game tonight, had 22. And then Eric Bledsoe had 19 after that. Chandler has nine points. Jared Dudley has 10 points. And then their bench was basically non-existent, combining for nine total points there. And you look at the Lakers, and they have their their leading scorer tonight was Nick Young. And he played 36 minutes, which was obviously, I think, a, a little high for Luke's liking. Uh, and, and Well, maybe not for Luke's liking, but for most people's liking. For, for most people's liking. Get that and trade value up, Nick. The crazy part is they he played those 36 minutes not because he was necessarily you know all that hot from the floor while he you know he did shoot pretty well from the from the field, but it was for his defense, right? It was Luke had him out there to try to stick with Devin Booker, um, but he plays his 36 minutes, and after that Clarkson plays 30. Uh, Russell plays 28, Randall plays 28, Ingram plays 25, and then the scoring, the, the tail of the scoring, Randall 18, Mozgov 14, D'Angelo Russell 11, Young 22, uh, Lou Williams 14, Clarkson 18. And the point that I made, you know, when, when the Lakers beat the Warriors and I went live on, on Facebook, the point that I made is that that's a lot harder to guard. Right when 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 the Lakers are defending Devin Booker tonight down the stretch, it's basically hey, just make sure he or T.J. Warren don't get a good look at the basket. Whereas when the Suns are trying to defend the Lakers tonight, and when the Warriors are trying to to defend the Lakers the other night, it's good God, a good shot can come from basically anywhere on the court and from anybody on the court. And not only is that tougher to guard, other but than Marcelo Huertas. Well, yes, I, I think I think he's going to be he, Marcelo. He actually he, he has not he has not played on the three game winning streak as far as I remember. He's gonna by the end of the night he might have to be change his name to Marcelo Huerta Sutas. Oh my God, that was awful! <laughs> How do you say these things and you're not ashamed of yourself when it comes out? I can't help it, man. It's a sickness. Oh God. Uh, but yeah, I. You're looking at the way that the Lakers, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get back to the point, <laughs> but the you know the Lakers are the success that they've had while fun and while it's easy to look and say like you know they're they're shooting the ball well or whatever, their their success seems sustainable, and that should be the the biggest takeaway you know of this start to the season so far is is man this is not only is it fun but it feels like this can kind of keep going for a little while. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you have to understand that there's going to be points where they don't get some of these breaks, right? Like tonight, the the Suns actually, I think, battled back and took the lead, if I remember correctly. And, you know, the Lakers had to make some plays to pull that game out and and increase. So, I mean, there are going to be nights when maybe some of those shots don't fall. And they're going to end up getting losses. Or, or there are going to be nights where, you know, they aren't able to slow down the other team's best player enough when it matters to stop them from getting baskets. So, they're, you know, I don't think I don't think it's a hot take to say that they're not going to go undefeated the rest of the year, but they're going to compete every single night. And that's what we hope for. That's kind of what we predicted going into the year was that this team was going to be more competitive. I did not think that they were going to end up in the win column this many times while being competitive. But yeah, I mean, they're further along than we thought. I did not see when I looked at the beginning of their schedule. Like, look, listen to the teams that they've played: Houston playoff team, Utah playoff team, Oklahoma City playoff team, Indiana playoff team, Atlanta playoff team, Golden State championship level team. Like, those are those are really good teams. And the Lakers look at themselves right now, and they're four and three with, again, what is it, five winnable games in front of them? They could find themselves sitting at nine and three. Who are these guys? I have all right. Anywho, the other thing. Yeah, the the Lakers. The, the uh, Luke Walton made the Lakers great again. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm actually. I mean, I think it's probably too late for this presidential election. I don't think that he built up enough positive buzz just yet. But I think you're seeing the grassroots for Luke Walton 2020. I think we're going to see him maybe maybe Kanye vice president. He said he was going to run. He didn't specify what position. You know, maybe he he eases his way in while Luke Walton is kind of the proven leader. I I may or may not write Luke Walton into my ballot on Tuesday. I, I yeah I, I can't argue against the choice. Mm-hmm. I have no argument. He he's he's proven to be a very good. Uh, he he delegates where he needs to. He seems to lead well. Guys want to follow him. I think uh, Luke for president. Mm-hmm. The other thing that has stuck out to me in the in the Lakers' start to the season is the amount of trust that Luke Walton has in his team, which seems to extend not just you know the other way in the opposite direction that the team has in him, but then it extends throughout the the roster for themselves. A play sticks out to me as I was saying this right there. D'Angelo or no uh, Julius Randle. And Tyson Chandler get into it a bit tonight. Pick up double. They they pick up a double tech, and the ball finds its way to Randall. And I guarantee you, last year, if that same kind of thing happens, the crowd kind of rose up because Randall had the ball. He's dribbling on the left wing. He's kind of you could see he was really reveling in the moment. And I guarantee you, last year he either commits a charge or he misses a layup at the rim, whatever. But he definitely tries to go at Tyson Anthony. Chandler. No, wrong on both counts. He passes to Kobe. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> he does not have the ball in that situation. <laughs> yeah, like, as the crowd kind of stood up, Kobe just runs at him and takes the ball away. Uh, but that's, that's I, my I intro music. <laughs> but what I, but I, I loved it today. I, I went nuts sitting here at home watching the game because he's dribbling the ball, he's reveling in the moment, he sees that the defender kind of slides towards him, getting ready for him to try to take Tyson Chandler off to dribble, and he whips a a cross-court pass over to Jordan Clarkson, who has a really good look for three, Clarkson makes a three, 
and and that was huge. And he's passing so good. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. We thought like, yeah, I I'd never thought that he was a total black hole. I always thought there was some, you, you know, you can't assign blame to him for his like his bad passing or his lack thereof last year without assigning some blame to the offense we always knew that that was the case that Mm -hmm. it was just some of it was the Lakers stagnant offense straight out of the 1950s and uh, I think that you have like but now like who knew that he would be it was actually this good of a playmaker we've never seen this from him before no. And he's throwing these these pinpoint passes right on target. Through one with his like, right tonight. Through one with yeah. his right hand tonight. That Mozgov one through traffic towards yeah. the end of the first half was. I, I mean, if you haven't seen this, I, I wrote it. It's uh, it's up on Silver Screen and Roll, a short form, I believe. And I, I mean, he's out there whipping passes at, again. He's not Magic Johnson, but he's out there throwing stuff around and it looks like it's showtime. They're just getting out and running and they're like they're throwing all the right passes in transition. They're moving the ball and it's just crazy how good they've been. So I will sit here and I will eat crow because apparently I developed the reputation of Julius Randall hater on Twitter somehow. Chief Julius Randall hater. <laughs> Not just a B, the, the the leader. Start it started on a gondola. Now we here. <laughs> so I will I will eat crow and I will say this about Julius Randle. I think he deserves a ton of credit for the way he's played to start the season. I think he is probably among the leaders for most improved player candidates this season. Uh, do you think he regrets not playing in summer league? <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> So that's a no. You got to no, say it. You got to no, confirm, man. No, the think, audience think, wants to hear. I think he feels pretty good with his decisions uh, up to this point. I think he's. Hey, it's it's Monday, but this is uh, this is an early terrible take Tuesday. We're just going to go back and read <laughs> Julius Randall tweets from Anthony. And no, we're not. We're no, not. We're not. Do. We're not. But I will say this. So, with all that said about Julius Randall and the way he's played this year, I think Luke also deserves some credit for realizing what spots and what kind of situations are going to make Julius Randle best, right? What he's most comfortable yeah. with. He's not going to put Julius Randle as the first pass out of a pick and roll where he has to immediately whip the ball to the corner without thinking because that's not what Julius Randle is going to do. That's not what he's best at. But what we, what he will do is he will put Julius Randle in space and let Julius Randle make decisions there because like you said, he is capable of doing that. So I think Julius Randle obviously deserves a ton of credit for the way he's played so far, but I also think, and this is the point that I think you made a bunch and people who were higher on Randle heading into the season made, was it wasn't fair to to grade or judge Julius based on just last year alone because we don't know what kind of damage <clears throat> the former coach was 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 uh, was was doing, doing to, him. to him. Yeah, was was. Yeah was responsible for as well. And to be fair to you, none of us were predicting Julius Randle was going to be this good right out of the gate. So I think I think we have to acknowledge that. Like I, even me I, thinking that he would be better this year, I was not predicting this. And the to going back to the part about giving Walton credit for it and knowing where Julius Randle's going to be most effective, I think that the starting lineup thing has to also be a part of that. I think that he under we were all talking kind of all summer about how with Russell and Clarkson and uh, like, like in that starting lineup where we're going to be the possessions for Julius to get. 
And how was he going to be effective without the ball? And so Walton, I don't know. I don't think that this was necessarily his direct motivation behind moving Clarks into the bench, but he spread out his ball handling Mm -hmm. a little bit. And so now Randall is kind of the secondary ball handler as the power forward in that starting lineup. And it's totally working. He's been a great point forward. And Luke is doing the same thing to a lesser degree with uh, with Brandon Ingram off of the bench. And I think that for the move with Randall, it's also helped Russell because now you see Randall will bring the ball down in transition or bring the ball up the court. And we get Russell in these loop actions where he's running from one side of the floor to the other in order to get himself an open off ball three. And it's allowing him to be effective that way so that he doesn't always have to have the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this coaching staff, the way they're using these guys it just can't be overstated how much credit they deserve. They've just hit all the right notes, and they're doing all of this while rebuilding the right way. They're trusting these young guys down the stretch, even if they weren't having the best game. Like Russell was not shooting well, and Luke sent him back in. That because against Golden State, it was kind of similar. Russell wasn't playing his best game, but Lou ro- Luke rode with Lou because Lou Williams was a fire-breathing inferno mm-hmm. that night. And so tonight he wasn't necessarily quite that level and Luke put Russell back in. And even though he had been as cold as the ice, he says, is running through his veins, he was able to come up with a couple clutch plays for the Lakers. He made the play of the game. The play of the game was when he stole the ball from, I forget who it was. It's probably Brandon Knight because it's Staples Center and Brandon Knight has unfortunate things happen to him at Staples Center. But he steals that ball, finds Nick Young in transition. Bang, seven-point lead for the after the four-point play. And then after the timeout, they get another stop. Russell turns a corner on a three, pulls up from three-point range. Bang, 10-point game. And that basically sealed the game. From there on, the Lakers just kind of coasted, maintained you know, an eight- to ten-point lead, and, and, and wound up winning by 11. And yet, that's a level of trust that the last coach did not have for anybody not named Kobe. And even if he put Russell in, it was always begrudgingly and it was always go out there and kind of er, show show me, you know, why you weren't playing well earlier in the game and basically just man up and get out there. And this year, Russell has just been empowered. Yeah. And I think the entire roster has been empowered. Yeah. I think that's almost a direct quote, right, where where somebody asked Luke about, you know, what do you think about empowering Russell, is he going to be the go-to guy this year? And, and Luke basically said, I'm empowering the entire team. I'm here to give them power because that's going to make them feel more responsible for the way these games turn out. I, I, I don't think it's even a question Luke Walton is, is a coach of the year at this point. Wow. <clears throat> I, what's crazy is I don't know if I can disagree with you. I, can, I, I don't think I can. Uh, yeah, he, he's been he he's not going to win it because the Lakers aren't going to win enough games. And the coach of the year is kind of sneakily the coach that got the highest seed that that team wasn't really expected to, uh, you know, out of a playoff team or whatever. Uh, and I don't think the Lakers are going to be a playoff team. But but the, I, yeah, I would Luke, say I would say early Luke- on. If we're going on actual coaching and the difference that it's made between, you know, like as far as just upgrading the coaching staff, then, yeah, it's it's been Luke. How can I say this? Yeah, I just usually. So, no, no, I, I narrative based award normally. I no, I agree. Coach of the year has been seen as almost a curse because in general, it means you you did as much as you possibly could with a flawed roster. Right? Yeah, that's what you were saying. 
And <clears throat> what's nice about Luke, you know, being where he is and, and being put in the spot that he's in right now, is that one, it's a young team. So I think they're going to continue to grow. And doing the most of the flawed roster, it's flawed because these kids are young. And the success that the Lakers have had, as we said earlier in the show, it's sustainable. It feels sustainable. So if the award were given right now, it wouldn't feel like that curse that the coach of the year can kind of feel like it is because the Lakers' success feels sustainable. And, it, and cool it feels spot. like it can be grown upon yeah, eventually. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think I think what we're going to do right now is we're going to start a little uh, we're going to stoke the flames of the Lakers Boston rivalry. And I know that uh, Celtics fans, they like to call Brad Stevens the president. But right now, I think I'd definitely vote for Luke over him. So I think we're, we're just going to take that nickname. That's Luke Walton's now. Mm-hmm. Luke is the president. We're going to mm-hmm. start calling him that president Luke Walton. He looks way so, more so- presidential anyway. Yeah. Sorry, Bill Simmons. There's a new president in town or in the country, <laughs> I guess. Absolutely. And it's Luke Walton. Uh, I don't have anything else to talk about regarding the trust and, and, you know, all the other stuff. Did you have, did you want to make any points in particular about that Warriors game? I think the main point that I'd make about the Warriors game is there, there's not a ton, there are some things that we can take from that. I think the, my main takeaway, the thing that felt sustainable to me is the success of that Randall Nance front court. And, you know, Nance is out with a concussion right now, so we aren't going to see that for at least another game or two. But it feel, I, I talked to them about that at the game. They, they like playing in it. It seems like Luke likes the look. They've been effective in it as of I don't know what the stats are to, after tonight. But against the Warriors with that front court down the stretch of the fourth quarter, uh, they scored at a rate that would have outscored the Warriors by uh, 53. 4.3 points per 100 possessions or something I believe I think it was and on the year 62 huh I think one of the I think that lineup that you're talking about the the lineup that kind of closed out the game for the Lakers was had a net rating of 62 while they were all out there together yeah, it was something like that. And so it was around 50, 60, whatever. So that that level of outscoring the Warriors is not sustainable. But on the year, they're still a plus. I think they were like plus 6.3 or something like that. And so that being a positive is huge for the Lakers moving forward because they had to figure out a way to get both of those guys minutes. And this kind of allows them to do that if they can play alongside each other in the front court. Absolutely. And again... And I'll eat crow because I was not as high on Julius Randle. The consensus that you and I kind of came to was that it's good to have multiple good players on the Lakers roster. Yeah. And that kind of shows why, you know. The we were right. Nice. As always, we were right. Basically. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, our ta- that's our takeaway from the win against the Warriors. Anthony and I are right, as always. Twitter still isn't loading. This isn't. Yeah, no, Twitter is still down. The Lakers kids have still crashed Twitter. So good, good on them, I guess. Yeah. As we go through, we're keeping track of this for you in real time. You guys will have some fun with this on the tomorrow, hopefully, when you're <laughs> listening to it. But so that that part of it feels sustainable. That level of success, the Warriors are obviously almost never going to shoot as badly as they did. Mm-hmm. So that part of it doesn't necessarily feel sustainable. But that Randall Nance front court to me was my biggest takeaway from the game. And that's why I wrote about it. You can read about it on Silver Screen and Roll. That's my mandatory one plug of the podcast. So I got that out of the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other thing that you we, we have to get out of the way, and, and everybody listening, turn down your volumes if you're ready for it. 
Uh, Harrison's, that was a good warning. That was a smart warning. Harrison's hot takes are on the way, so just make sure. I don't, you know, some people complain about the the sound effect or or the level of of Harrison's voice right now, but it's coming. Are you ready, Harrison? Hot takes are coming. The hot takes are coming. All right, Anthony, I think it's I don't know that we can't that we, we've talked about measuring expectations, but I don't know how you can't consider the the Lakers a championship contender right now. I think they've exceeded all expectations. I don't know what seed they are in the West right now because I don't look that up. I just like to go off of feel. And right now they're on a three game win streak. I like to say you're as good as your last win streak. Not your last game, your last win streak. They're undefeated right now. So I don't know how you can't call them a championship contender. And I think that it's time to it, – it, they, they have to start trading some of these guys to get better immediately. I think it's time they, – they, they've shown that they can measure up and they could, they're in range to reach that Jim Buss deadline. And they got to auction off some of these young guys. And if I'm looking at guys that they need to trade, I think Russell's first on the list. I think you got to send him out to a rebuilding team that's willing to give you some talent that will help you win right now. Because he went 2 of 11 tonight against the Suns. Devin Booker showed he's clearly the better guard. And I think that you you have to move guys like Russell. I think Randall's shown – he that kid's shown enough that he can stay. But you got to start rebuilding around veterans like Nick Young – Went 8 of 14 tonight against the Suns. Luol Dang. You got Timofey Mozgov going a very nice 6 of 9. I think you have these veterans here that the Lakers brought in. And you got to start moving some of these kids out. They just aren't quite ready to win now. I think if the Lakers want to keep this thing rolling, they need to trade their kids for the veterans. I So my first, my first fact that I have to inject is that they're now the 7th seed. So I don't know if that necessarily makes them a championship. Title season. contender. Count. <laughs> The win streak. <laughs> They've had one win streak, though. You can't add Z's to a streak. <laughs> you should say like streaks. Anywho, yes. <laughs> the other thing that so, I have a question so, about, and I well, think I think you have to you have to point. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you don't deserve the chance to talk. This is my segment, so I think it goes back to Luke Walton, just like we were talking about. He's coach of the year. He's this and that, and I think that it's shown that he. I think I think the other part of this hot take is that it's shown that the Lakers' last coach is far and away the worst coach in NBA history. I think that much is clear. I actually we're transitioning out of hot takes now because I don't know that that's that much of a hot take. Yeah, I, I think was going to say like winning percentage among guys that have coached <laughs> a thousand or more games. And I mean, we should maybe we should we're all idiots because we should have expected this. If you remove that guy, then you're kind of primed for a win streak. So I think really the the hotter take that we need to take away from this is that every rebuilding team needs to kind of hire. Can I have amnesty? Sure. Every rebuilding team needs to hire Byron Scott to fertilize the soil for <laughs> their rebuild. Because he, he here's what he does. He comes in, he gets you some young pieces, you lose enough games to get those. They they ha- they start to hate him so much that any person that walks in the door and like even offers them like a smile or doesn't just tell them they suck the first second they walk in the facility, like they're going to play their asses off for that guy. And so I think Everett like the Suns, they need to get rid of Earl Watson and just hire Byron Scott. Like yeah. It's just I think every every rebuilding team needs to rehire Byron Scott. He's shown now. He always made the claim he knew how to develop young players. We always laughed about that, but I, I think it's been proven. I don't know that we could disagree with that. The Lakers are a title contender now because of him. 
That was you a lot. Can't talk, you can't talk about you can't pay homage to the butterfly while disrespecting the caterpillar. Hat tip, Mark Jackson. <laughs> also a, a bad coach. Yeah, so I think Mark Jackson, Byron Scott, you bring them in as a co-coaching duo. Maybe get Rambus <laughs> oh on the God. staff. You maybe get Rambus on the staff. That's going to be the best team in NBA history after three years. <laughs> like those players are just like they're going to hate their lives for that three years. <laughs> and then when you bring in a coach that comes in and is like, hey, guys, like you look like you're kind of good at basketball. You want to play basketball? They're going to be like, oh, my God. And they're just going to start shooting the lights out. I, I like the strategy. It, Sam Hinkie is pissed he didn't think of this. Yeah, I mean, if Philadelphia would have just trusted the process a little further, like, imagine that team if they had brought in Byron Scott. That team would have been like, that would have been like, what, two wins? <laughs> negative <laughs> wins. They'd have had negative wins. <laughs> but they would have manned the hell up. <laughs> All right, I can't take any more of this hot take. I can't do it because a lot of it is true. That does it for this Monday edition of, of the Locked On Lakers show. Again, we do this every day. So if you enjoy what you heard today, or if you enjoy what you hear on Facebook Live after Laker games, or on YouTube after Laker games, make sure you're following us on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Make sure you're using the promo code LOLakers on SeatGeek to get your $20 rebate. Support them like they've supported us. And Anthony, I believe that you have, uh, you've said now we, we got an email to plug that uh, interested sponsors can go to. Yes, uh, that is LakersLockedOn at gmail.com. So if you are, we, we do have, you know, we field these emails and, and we've appreciated the support and the interest that we've gotten so far. If you are interested in sponsoring the show or supporting the show, uh, email us at LakersLockedOn at gmail.com. If we don't get some type of hot sauce company or like a sauna to like, to sponsor Harrison's <laughs> hot takes, then I've I've failed. Like if we don't get that by the end of this podcast run, then I'm just going to be very disappointed. Like maybe five flaming hot Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos. You interested? Yellowstone's geysers. The <laughs> yeah, visit Yellowstone. As explosive as Harrison's hot takes. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Enjoy this, we, Laker fans. We actually we enjoy this and enjoy the, our Tuesday show. As of right now, we're set to have a pretty special guest. I'll I'll say that I don't want to call my shot just yet because it still could fall through. But it's looking like we're going to have a pretty special guest. Yep. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the Lakers. Shouts to Cedric Sabalos, the trader. Cal State Fullerton legend. <laughs>